Hello, welcome to Blaze Pod. It is Wednesday, eleventh uh, of September. My name is Ben, joined as always by Andrew from Roy's View. From how you doing, Paul? I'm doing very well. Yourself? Yes, I'm also good. How are you finding the international break? Boring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the England game last night was obviously decent, but yeah, it's just not the same, is it? I mean, I hate it because when it comes to the World Cup, you're all, you know, it. It makes it sort of worth the international breaks because obviously the spectacle of the World Cup and the Euros and stuff. But the qualifiers, just yeah, you're just counting down the days, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, at least England are kind of well. I think they might have. I feel like the qualifying groups are weaker than they used to be. I don't know whether England have just been really lucky with the draws recently, or whether mm. it's like part of the expansion of the Euros. But like, at least England score a lot of goals at the minute. But yeah, I think it's got like five in pretty much every game they've yeah. qualified. Yeah, but, so. yeah. I mean, last night's was entertaining, but yeah, the the game on Saturday was it against Bulgaria? Oh, so boring! I, 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 to be honest, I, I stopped watching and just took the dog for a walk instead. I was like, yeah. this is just." I saw actually, I started doing the lone view froms halfway through the second half because I just thought this is just dull. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Well, that's a, a good segueing point there because uh, I wanted to talk about that. Yeah, obviously, um, obviously, it hasn't been a Blades game since uh, last pod, which was that draw with Chelsea. But we do play Southampton on Friday, uh, Saturday, which we are going to talk about on this. Um, but yeah, you you've Carried on your your wonderful service to uh, to all United fans and gone and rounded up the views on um, all the United players that are out on loan at the moment and yeah a bit of a mixed bag. I mean, what was your? I guess who who would you say out of out of all those players that are out on loan um, is kind of getting the best and the wor- best and the worst views, I suppose, from other fans. I think Norrington Davis uh, mm. at Rochdale is definitely getting the best views. I, there were no negative comments. I think he got their Player of the Month or. I don't know who voted for that, or if it was just a newspaper to give it in. But uh, yeah, and they were like saying, you know, you know, the signing of the season. Uh, one guy said, "I told my dad he was the best player in the world after Tranmere on the opening day, and I've seen nothing to convince me otherwise yet." So <laughs> you can't go much better than that. I did clock actually last night. He scored a non goal for the under twenty ones, uh, Wales under twenty ones, um, against Oops. Germany where they got hammered five one. But I'm not all that against him. No, indeed. Yeah, he's uh, he's one that we were. I think last season maybe a little bit surprised that he went back out on loan because definitely I were expecting him maybe to be pushing Ender last season because obviously mm. Ender had a a poor end to the season before, mm-hmm. and I thought it's going to be between them two, you know. To and I, I actually wouldn't have been surprised at all if Norrington Davis had have taken his slot, but obviously Ender went on strength to strength, and Davis had a fantastic loan spell at Barrow, which I thought was a little bit low down for him given the. From what I'd seen from him, but obviously now he's in League One and you know he's making that progress. Hopefully next year he'll either be an R squad or a Championship one. Yeah, so Barrow and National League, aren't they? Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. We've actually got Oliver Greaves, another one out there at the moment. Yeah, um, do you, he. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I can't remember. I think uh, one of United's youth players retweeted this into my timeline, which is why I saw it. But they were involved in a penalty shootout last night, Barrow, in which I think Greaves scored the winning goal. But it was something All like. Right. I think it was like 13-12 on penalties. It was, I'm pretty sure there were 25 penalties taken and he scored the, the decisive one and presumably would have scored one earlier in the shootout as well. But yeah, yeah. It was, God knows what competition was. It was like genuinely like the Lancashire Senior Cup first round or something like that. But Yeah, well, that just all the, when it gets to like 25 pens, it just reminds me of the Huddersfield game, mm. you know, with Simo missing. So yeah, yeah less said about that, the better. But yeah, Greaves is doing well as well, actually. You know, they're saying he's, um, he looked really, he, I think he's been in and out of the team a little bit, which I suppose is understandable. I think it's his first club is it i think like playing professionally anyway is it Tranmere or am i mixing up uh, barrow he's, he's at barrow was Did he, he go to Tranmere last year no it wasn't that uh gilmore it was yes sorry yeah but the, yeah i mean 
one of them says he looks like another gem from the Sheffield United youth setup. So that you know, positive again. And it's always difficult with these young lads, isn't it? Like just it's a different ball game going from academy football to league football, no matter what level, really, as long as it's professional level. Mm. Um, and yeah, it seems like he's got off to a good start. On the negative side, I think Sam Graham's struggling a little bit at Notts County. And to be fair, he struggled last year at Oldham, judging by the views. I think mm. he lost his place fairly fairly early on. And then he got sent out to uh, Central Coast Mariners. Oh, that's right, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think he got sent out there. And it wasn't an awful review. They just said, you know, basically that He's, he's inexperienced and it you know he's someone said he's, he's inexperienced uh, and he, i'm sorry to point out that it really made it easier for barnet um and someone said this last looks good but his inexperience shows when the games become difficult so and obviously that's a conference level which is mm. the same as barrow so yeah not quite as good reviews as oliver greaves yeah i don't feel like Notts county have particularly looked out with loanies from us didn't they have uh, nathan thomas from us last season they did, and yeah they and I th- cut that short yeah, he didn't do very well with with them, and then he went to Carl. He's had about four thousand clubs on loan, I think, since you signed him, Nathan Thomas. And then he was at Carlisle on loan, and uh, he did really well there. And they've got him again this season. And mm. um, yeah, they like him. This I like this. Someone said, uh, um, "Man of the match today." His one trick worked well. <laughs> <laughs> so he seems, you know, he's. Um, but he's another one that I expected to be pushing um, when we first bought him. He came on as a sub against Norwich, if I remember rightly. Uh, and I think there were a few people calling for him to be more involved, and obviously he got faded out. Mm. I think, yeah, I feel I, I feel like he's one we just sort of left behind. I'm kind of surprised we haven't like got rid of him. I yeah. guess in a terminate contract. I'd be surprised if we see him again in a Sheffield United shirt. Yeah, that yeah. Norrington Davis is the interesting one because um, yeah, Rochdale are doing all right, aren't they? They're in League One. They're sort of, they're, they're only mid table, but yeah, you know, fairly decent. But yeah, I was just looking at some of his stats. He leads the team in. Um, uh, chances created per ninety minutes, which is you know playing playing as a left back. That's pretty impressive. Uh, he's the only one of their defenders that hasn't been dribbled past once yet. Uh, Ten chances created, which is twenty fifth out of all League One players <laughs> and third among defenders. So yeah, pretty uh, pretty impressive stuff from him. I mean, he's twenty. I think years he's definitely one to keep an eye on. Um, obviously, yeah. you can never tell if they're going to step up to the next level, but. Everywhere he's been, he's got rave reviews. So. Yeah, and obviously jumped jumped up two leagues there from Barrow to uh, to Rochdale this yeah. year. So yeah, I think out of all the ones we've got out on loan, I think he's the only one possibly who's got a chance. I mean, Oliver Greaves is younger, so maybe him. But Bristol Rovers fans' uh, views on Tyler Smith are pretty mixed. I mm. can't imagine him, especially with our strike force at the moment. I think he'll have to probably move out soon as well. I think there's only Norrington Davis has got has possibly got a chance of ever getting into our squad. Yeah. They're the Smith one I was looking at, I've not seen him play at all for Bristol Rovers, but yeah, I was looking at the stats for him. He's um he actually he's having a lot of shots. He's got the joint most shots on the team. Um mm. and most on target as well. Ten out of his fifteen on target. So oh. but he's only got the one goal, so I don't yeah. know what's happening there. Maybe he's um you know, maybe he's shooting from poor areas. He's hitting the target but maybe he's yeah, just taking shots from bad areas. I think they're struggling a little bit, aren't they, Bristol Rovers as well. Hmm. So, so it's obviously a difficult time to go in there, but yeah, obviously it's early days. So yeah, I, I think we have to just mention Mark Duffy as well. Um, who's obviously we out alone. <laughs> yeah, so I looked at this. He, so he joined Stoke on the eighth of <laughs> August, so over a month ago. Uh, do, do you want to guess how many minutes of league football he's played in that month? I'm gonna say I, I wouldn't have thought any more than twenty. He's played 87, so... Oh, right. Oh, fair enough. So he's almost played a full game of football in a month. 
I um, can't. I mean, I suppose he has been coming on. I don't think he's. Has he started a game yet in the league? I don't think he has. Has I think he? He has one start off the top of my um, head, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, last, like great. I said the last time that I looked at the thing, they were playing him in the uh, Joe Allen position, like a more of a deeper role. So, mm. and the the consensus on the Stoke forum is basically why have we signed him? It's a sort of the play we didn't need, an attacking midfielder. Yeah, but they can't understand. And it's 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 messy and it's it's frustrating and it's a you know it's one of those sort of what are Stoke doing buying him? What's Mark Duffy doing? Go in there and yeah, it's all a bit sad, isn't it? It is indeed. He's still got uh, three chances created in his eight seven minutes though, so that's <laughs> like uh, yeah, it's a pretty decent impact, I suppose. But yeah, just just play him more and play him in his proper position, please. It'd be interesting if Nathan Jones uh, <clears throat> loses his job mm. if the next manager comes in, but how he uses him. I mean, he could even send him back. So yeah, potentially. Um, all right, so yeah, moving on to more. Uh, upbeat news, I guess. Obviously, <laughs> international break means international football, and we, we have quite a few internationals at the moment, particularly um, particularly for the Republic of Ireland, where did we, oh, we had three starters in their qualifier the other day and, uh, and Egan on the bench. Um, so to talk about this, I want to uh, return to last week's new feature, which is the Alternative Man of the Match Award brought to you by the Denblades fanzine. Um, so, yeah, every, every episode... Um, Andrew and I were going to pick out one person we think deserves some special recognition. It's not always going to be who had the best game, might not even be a player, um, but it's someone we think deserves some special attention. Brought to you by the Denblades fanzine, which is a sponsor of this podcast, uh, which also gives recognition to some of the best, strangest and funniest moments in United's history, all written by talented Blades fans. So, yeah, Andrew, who is your alternative man of the week, I suppose, for this week? I think it's got to be Didzy, hasn't it? David McGoldrick. It's a great shout. Go and make the case. I... I, he's one of those players, I think, McGoldrick. Everything he's been through with being released and his injuries and everything, to see him at, you know, when he, I think our old is he 31 at the moment or something like that, mm. to see him get his first international goal and the joy on his face, and the, the, we all know the work rate he puts in for Ireland and for Sheffield United, I just thought it was a really great moment. I Because when the ball came in, I, I thought, um, I can't remember who the person was around the box, was it Hogan? I thought Hogan, he might have yeah. got it. Um, and then Didzy run off celebrating it. Yeah, I think out of all the... Obviously, I love all our players, but of all the backstories and things, I think Didzy's up there with the... You know, he's had a tough time of late, and to come back and be the main man for Ireland, hmm. yeah, delighted for him. Who have you gone for? As well, I think I probably agree. I'll return to that in a moment. Um, yeah. My my alternative nomination for the Alternative Man of the Week is uh, Ollie McBurney taking on the whole of Scotland at the moment. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, everyone in Scotland seems to hate Ollie McBurney. So he's had a he's had a controversial, I don't know, week or so, hasn't he? From um, yeah, an unfortunate video um, which was published by United's media team, I think, which in a, in a, a mini- yeah, miniature own goal. Yeah, yeah, um, which which uh, he says is taken out of context, but I haven't actually seen this. But I understand that he says um, you know international football is. Rubbish, essentially. I used a slightly, a slightly stronger word than that. Yeah. Which is, it makes it even more odd that we would publish that on our uh, social channels, I suppose. Um, understandably, that has not gone down particularly well with Scotland. Um, Scotland are atrocious, like they have been for what well, we're probably getting on for twenty years now. I guess. I would like, say I said that. I think it was on the shout box in the S two forum that I can't believe how badly they regressed. Really, I mean, on paper. They've certainly got a better team than Northern Ireland, I think. Probably a better team than the Republic of Ireland as well. And yet they're 
you know, they're, they're absolutely awful. It's a good midfield, isn't it? Um, yeah. McGinn... I mean, they dropped again, didn't they, against Belgium? Which Oh, I didn't watch that. I just saw the yeah, score. Apparently, which was surprising. But <laughs> yeah, so... I, don't, I don't know what's happening with Scotland because they've obviously got Robertson as well at left back, you know, oh, yeah. Tommy and Fraser. It's not a bad side. No, in, in, there's some very good individuals there. Um, and yeah, McBurney is one of them, but uh, playing up front ostensibly on his own. Uh, and yeah, I think he he's just been, I mean, he's just flicking things onto himself, basically. Isn't he? And yeah, people do not think he's, uh, <laughs> didn't think he was doing very well um, for Scotland. But I mean, what can you say? Like, uh, I was t- delighted t- he didn't get picked against Belgium because I was as well. he's just going to on a wild goose chase after the ball, you know, aimlessly, yeah. pointlessly running around. Because I, I don't know how much possession Scotland ended up having, but it was quite obvious they were going to get hammered and... I think it had just been a complete waste of energy for him, to be fair. Yeah, I think so. So, um, yeah, Ollie McBurney versus Scotland. Like, uh, I think he deserves some some special recognition for for taking on the entire country. Um, yeah, well, I think <laughs> our fans on Twitter, myself included, have tried to do his best to defend him against Scottish fans, but it's not really washed. But we'll no. see, won't we? I mean, it's up to him now. Obviously, I'm not saying he should retire from international football or anything <laughs> like that, but he's got obviously... He's got, think, he's got to work doubly hard, hasn't he, to, to win him over. I think he probably should retire from international football. If you play I'd for, love if him play to, Scotland. obviously it's a big, that, that's a big shout for him, isn't it, to do that at such a young yeah, age? Just, just a little bit, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm certainly not, uh, I'm not reading much into, um, you know, I'm not I'm not buying this narrative of like, oh, this, this story has unsettled him and that's why he was poor against Chelsea and... Uh, whoever Scotland were playing in the first game. I can't even remember who it was now. Um, uh, Russia, Russia, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then obviously didn't play. So, yeah, I'm not buying that one. But, yeah, um, I think I think the man of the week, I mean, it's pretty pretty unequivocal. I think it has to be David McGoldrick. I mean, I think I, I tweeted this after the game. I, I actually watched more of that Ireland game than I think I've done of either of the England games. But um, mm. when, he, when he came off, um, you know, they got that massive ovation. And, and I know... You know, from the the views that you've gathered from recent Ireland games, anyway, the Irish fans do think he is pretty good. Yeah, um, they, they were worried about his goal scoring record, which is yeah. understandable. We are. So. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, um, but in terms of his work rate, they absolutely love him. Yeah, and just to seeing that ovation again, and, and yeah, as you kind of said, you know, thinking, you know, fourteen months or so ago, he didn't have a club, and um, you know, some United fans didn't even want us to take him on trial. You know. He's, He's essentially on the scrappy, but at mm. 30, when he, you know, he's probably looking at going down to League One or something like that. I was going to say, it's a sliding doors moment, that trial. I think if he'd have refused that, we, he could have been going down the league, could have been in a, a Clayton Donaldson sort of situation. Well, yeah, I mean, more, but... it was, you know, it was unavailable. Excuse me, it was, um, it was available for a while before we, mm. you know, before he came into us. I mean, technically, someone could have kind of swooped in and tried to sign him while he was on trial with us, so... Yeah, sliding doors is exactly right, and we. Always... I think it's in Danny Hall's book that it, where he talks about uh, mm. McGoldrick talks about he expected the phone to ring and it never rang, and then when United offered him a trial, his friends and ex players were saying you're too good for a trial. Yeah, and that must have been not difficult for him. You know, it's a bit of a, a an ego uh, blaster, isn't it? Really, to mm. to say we're not that sure about you come for a trial, and this is only Sheffield United's second season in the Championship as well. It's not as if we were. a an established playoff yeah. team at that point or anything like that. So fair play to him. I think his attitude's been fantastic. Yeah, it was uh, it was a great moment. And um, yeah, I think fully deserving of, of winning the Denblades alternative Man of the Match Award. So well My done, David McGoldrick. I think of the, the week was a big, bold, bearded, beautiful man from, from an Island fan. So that is, I like that. That is tremendous. Um, so yeah, David McGoldrick wins that award. 
Um, the just quickly on the on the Demblades fanzine, um, the next issue of the quarterly is actually out today. So you can pick that up from demblades.co.uk. So demblades.co.uk. Um, there's... I didn't realise. I have to retweet that. I didn't realise that. Was ah, yes, so just... I've got the subscription, so I'm, I'm safe with that. But... Well, here's what's coming your way. 86 pages of analysis, insight, and self-deprecation. It's very fitting for United, I think, waiting inside yeah. this issue. Uh, it looks at the summer transfer business. Uh, Paul Eiffel, of all people, the ownership battle. Um Kevin Gage is starting a new column in this where he's assessing mm. the fortunes of Sheffield United women. It's called Dem Bladies, which I really like. Um, <laughs> and yeah, cover art from uh, local artist Joe Scarborough as well. So yeah, do uh, do check that out. It's uh, it's at demblades.co.uk. And yeah, the latest issue of the quarterly is available now. Right. A uh, couple of other things uh, just very quickly. Um, actually, just one other thing. Uh, the good folk at Carabao have given me a couple of tickets to give away for um, the Sunderland Cup game. Uh, so check out my Twitter for how to enter that one. It's at BladesPod. Um, so, yeah, there's a pair of tickets to give away before the end of this week. So, yeah, go and go and enter there. And then we'll move on to uh, the next section of the podcast, which is um, Premier League narratives, we're going to call this. I did this last year in the Championship. And I enjoyed it, so I'm going to do yeah, it again. And I hope remember that, it. <laughs> yeah, I hope I hope people will enjoy listening to it. So, here's the thinking: we are going to. I, I've put together a, a list of statements that I think are uh, fairly kind of um, fairly well discussed at this early stage of the Premier League season, and we're going to go through them one by one and basically say whether we whether we buy or sell the narrative. So, if you think it's a statement that will age well, you buy, and if you think it's not going to happen, it's it's you know just a bit of a fluke and it's it'll never it'll age very badly then uh, you sell it so does that make sense yeah completely cool so right where to start well let's let's start with a, a united one um john lundstrom is a premier league quality midfielder buy or sell bye go on yeah i think i mean i can't believe i'm saying it really because i was one of the most ferocious sort of people before the season started of like why is he playing on what what's going on here and i know it's only been four games but would you argue that he's been our more cons- most consistent player in those four games i think i would i'm just trying to think now like i mean if you're thinking outstanding performers mm. then it's probably lundstrom ender stevens but he was poor against leicester yeah um and yeah, I'm not sure. I don't think, from what I've seen, I don't think he's dropped below a 7 out of 10 at any game this season, which, considering last season, I think, as you, I mean, I don't know how many games he played last season, but for his first four games in the Premier League, to not drop below a 7 out of 10 standard performance, I, I mean, I even saw people yesterday saying, Lundstrom are getting this England midfield, you know, <laughs> Declan Rice and things. And, and it's incredible that what just a month ago, two months ago, people were saying, get rid of him. Mm. Obviously, I think it's going to be interesting to see if he can keep it up. I'm not getting carried away with him. Uh, but he's got to be one of the first names on the team sheet at this particular moment. So he's every bit of premiership quality midfielder as it stands. Have you gone for sell as well, buy as well? Yeah, I, I will do. It's Yeah, exactly as you just said. I mean, it's it's shocking really. But, he, well, maybe, maybe this is one of those things in hindsight, it won't be that shocking because he's... We've always kind of felt he had the physical attributes, you know. He is he is athletic. He's he's two footed, you know. I mean, there was um, what was there? Oh, it was on the. Did you read that thing on, on the athletic um, about Lundstrom? 
this week. Have you seen that? I didn't actually. No, no. It's really interesting. Um, it was a little, little bit of a profile on him, really, but it was saying that he, you know he was playing for uh, England under seventeens at some uh, some it might be the like under seventeen Euro Championships or something yeah. like that, and um, and he did pretty well for them. And they're like the official UEFA report was saying, you know what? Uh, it's talking about his brilliant like long passing on his left foot. And and the article points out he's actually right footed, but right. you know, but, yeah, but well, that I is what he does. I missed something there because I thought. <laughs> but he does do that, doesn't he? You know, he can yeah. play long passes with either foot, and he he, he kind of has those attributes, but it just seems to have developed. I mean, all right, it's only four games, but the you know, as you say, they're four very good games, and I think he, uh, yeah, I think he he absolutely has to play. I mean, we're we're looking at a you know, is Besic going to get much of a game at the minute? Because you know, Lundstrom's kind of. Not only is he doing that thing where he gets into the box and where he creates as well, you know, he's, he's been one of our best, our best creative players from open play without a doubt. Um, I think he's got our highest, uh, highest expected assists uh, through mm-hmm. four games. But then you look at what he did against um, uh, against Chelsea. I mean, you know, we talked about it last time, didn't we? There's those kind yeah. of points where he's picking off the ball in midfield and you know pressing players and he's doing it in a smart and effective way. And um, yeah, yeah, I think I think out of the midfield we're playing at the moment, he's got the best all-round game. He's obviously can tackle and he can get the interceptions and he reads the game pretty well. But his passing obviously is good as well. I know some people have in the past compared him to Montgomery. I don't think they're anything like each other. No, not but, remotely. No, but I, I understand at the same time because Lundstrom is possibly the toughest midfielder we've got, barring Fleck. I can see that, but he's obviously got far more to his game as well. And, and like you say, every, every attribute is there for him to be a. a a genuine Premiership quality midfield, and it's just all about whether he can keep it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're not talking about like him being a, a top six player here. No, no, but, you no, know, like a player that a player that could feasibly start in midfield for I don't know, say a, like a team like Bournemouth or I don't know Watford or someone like that. Like you know, not not a pull up trees kind of player, but a, an effective Premier League player. And I think yeah, I'm buying it. It seems to be there. Um, just uh, like if we wanted to put a number on it, do we think he will start? I don't know, say thirty games this season, barring injury. I mean, he, he played ten uh, ten games last season. That's ten in total. I, I think, think that'd be mental if he played thirty games, not in a in a negative way, but just considering where he came from. I don't think any Sheffield United fan would have predicted that. No. But if he can keep this form up, there's absolutely no way he's getting dropped. So it's certainly not it's, it's not feasible, is it? No, I don't think so. Cool. All right, we're in agreement on that one. Let's uh, let's nip around. Well, let, let, actually, this is very topical, so let's do this one. Um, Watford are going down. Buy or sell? I've pressed buy. I've pressed buy. I've said buy. <laughs> um, but at this, I'm not completely sure of it, but I certainly think they're going to be in a relegation battle. They're a weird club. Mm. Um, obviously, Javi Garcia... It, what, is it Gracia? Sorry? Gracia, yeah. Gracia, sorry, has come back. And I went on the forums and I looked what they were saying and... They're not really happy about it. Apparently, he's really, really defensive. Oh, uh, so, so Gracia got sacked and uh, Sanchez Flores is the new manager, but he used to be their manager. About oh, sorry, three years of course, ago. that's right. Sorry, of course. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, they say he's really defensive. Um, mm. He's organised but ugly. They believe he'll keep him up, but it's not going to be pretty. But I don't think they've had a great start, a hard start or anything. They've had they Newcastle, Brighton, West Ham, and Everton, which I'd say is easier than ours. And they've got one point. Obviously, it's early days. But I personally, I wish I'd have had a bet on them at the beginning of the season mm. to go down because I think they'll be scrapping down there. Interesting. Well, yeah, we. Uh, I wanted to mention this because uh, Javi Gracia has obviously won the sack race for the Premier League. Um, yeah. 
which I think we both. Well, I, I was a, I predicted Steve Bruce, didn't I? And uh, you were Dean Smith, I think. I went Dean Smith. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I still think they could be the either of those could be the next manager sacked for sure. Mm. This was this was a little bit surprising, but at the same time, I think we I think we did mention it as well, didn't we? That you you know you said Watford, their fans were really down on them at the start of the season. Yeah. Um, and they do have this thing. I can't remember who it was I was talking to about this or whether I just read it. Uh, it might have been Jay, it might have been you. But like almost this 12-month cycle at Watford where they like do well for a bit and then it declines quite rapidly and then they eventually just cut bait with their manager. But yeah, they. I don't think they've had a manager. Uh, Grassier is the first manager to last longer than 12 months. Yeah, uh, I had to ask you that myself, actually. It, I think I thought that was the case, yeah. Yeah, since uh, since Sean Dyche in 2011, I think it was. And he, he, you know, he's just got sacked in his 13th month, I think, or 14th month. So they churned through him. It's 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 a weird one. Um, as to whether they're going down, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell on that. I I think they they actually. I was looking at um, an, a good article on Statsbomb about this earlier. Um, they, they've been a bit unlucky. Um, mm. They've, you know, they've created quite a lot of chances in these games. They're just not finishing them. Um, and you could say, well, that's because they've not played a particularly tough slate of opposition, which is also correct. Um, so I, I think they'll be fine. You know, they finished well. They finished last season like ninth, something like that. They were, you know, a yeah. pretty decent side, weren't they? So I'm going to uh, <clears throat> sell on the idea of them going down. Well, I've put, I've put by purely because I think that. Um... I think they will be scrapping now. I can't see mm. them being another top 10 season or anything. And I certainly don't. I won't be surprised. As I said, no. I'm not convinced that they are going to go down, but I wish I'd have had a bet on it because I think the odds would have been decent. Yeah. Well, this is um, this was also in the same article. It was saying, you know, whilst whilst the kind of performances uh, suggest they're probably not going to struggle, sacking a manager like now actually can be bad because you've just mm-hmm. got this... Um, you know, you've got like a, a, a melange of teams in midfield, uh, in mid-table, haven't you? Where the difference between finishing like seventh and seventeenth is is not very much in terms of like you know if something goes well for you or something you know you get a bit of bad luck with injuries or something like that that can push you down the table. And you know the, the the point the article was making was like sacking your manager at this point. I mean, it could have a big knock-on effect. You know, Sanchez Flores might be uh, not a good fit for them. Um, you know, it might uh, destabilise the squad itself. So, yeah, this this might be a, an instance where getting rid of a manager actually um, harms rather than having the uh, the stereotypical uh, new manager yeah. bounce. Um, I think that's why they've gone for the old manager in a way because it, mm. it makes it less sort of... Um, it, obviously, it's not a, an entirely new manager coming in. We all know the players and stuff, and it obviously has kept them up before. But, yeah, yeah I, yeah, I think they'll be scrapping this season. Well, I'll tell you what, their next run of fixtures... Arsenal at home uh, on Saturday, Man City away the following week, Wolves away the following week, and then Sheffield United on the 5th of October. It's very possible that um, when we play them, they will not have won a game and they will be right down at the bottom of the league. I mean, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that headline already. What first of us winner this season? But yeah, yeah, that is a tough run. I mean, I, I was reading on their forum that. Um, Last time they played City under uh, Sanchez, they they played six four non or four mm. six non. Sorry, four six non. So, yeah, yeah. So they're not uh, looking forward to that style of football. But who knows? They may pick up a point in those sort of games against Arsenal, Man City. I, I doubt mm. it, especially with Man City. But I think that's what they're going for. They've been more pragmatic, just purely to stay in the division. Yeah, I think that was the formation Scotland deployed the other night against uh, Belgium, wasn't it? Four six nine. It's horrible to watch. I hate <laughs> it when I see that lineup. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a bit, <laughs> bit of a side point here, but I am I am fascinated to see how we approach our games with City and Liverpool. Like, you yeah. know, I mean, I know we don't like to talk about free hits, and I know Wilder definitely doesn't like to talk about that, but. I mean, that's a game I'm going into expecting to get a wallop in, so I'm, I'm yeah, really exactly. intrigued to see how we approach it. But anyway, um, let's stay with a team down at the bottom. Uh, Norwich's defence will see them struggling this season. Buy or sell? Buy. Buy. Just, uh, yourself. Have you gone for the same? Yeah, I have. Um, so they've had quite a tough start to the season yeah. in terms of fixtures. I mean, Chelsea, all right, you know... Apparently, it's the worst Chelsea side in living memory now that we've drawn with them, depending on uh, which which yeah. <laughs> fans of which team you listen to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Norwich's defence, not great. And actually, yeah, they, they've so they've conceded uh, 10 goals, haven't they? Um, yeah, uh, their injuries are piling up big time. Hanley's injured. That could be a good thing, but Close <laughs> uh, is injured, Zinnerman's injured, uh, Aaron's got stretched off for the England under 21s, and Tribal's oh, defensive midfield is injured as well. So, yeah, they have the third worst XG against um, so far. Mm. Um, I'm just looking at the other two teams. Well, I so think they... Chelsea have something like 23 shots against them. I think it's they the did. Worst yeah. Chelsea side in living memory. <laughs> yeah, and the, the two teams above them in the. Uh, who have a worse XG against have both played Man City, Bournemouth and West Ham. So that that mm. <laughs> tilts that one a little bit. Um, yeah. I guess it's kind of what we all expected. You know, we, we talked about this pre-season, didn't we? Like, the defence was not as good um, as ours, certainly. Mm. Uh, and that could spell trouble. So, yeah, I think I think that is the reason that they will be near the bottom section of the league for sure I think um, if these injuries carry on and I think Close is out for a while I think Zinnemann should be back uh, in a couple of weeks or maybe even this week but he's not fully fit mm. no one's really sure how bad Aaron's is injury these are you know for a team that struggles anyway at the back this mm. could be really really they got Man City next as well I think they have yeah I'm just looking at that they got Man City on Saturday um, and I've got a few quotes actually on there for I was looking at one of them put uh, this is getting ridiculous we'll start to re- uh, soon have to be requesting games to be called off because of lack of players <laughs> Uh, and another one said, it's our style of play which makes Hanley look this bad. Sheffield United are getting away with playing a 33-year-old Richard Stearman, which we're not. But... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah, maybe, maybe against Blackburn in the cup. Yeah, but... exactly. He's not played a minute of premiership football for us, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's another little interesting, just looking at their fixture list, like a little bunch of games coming up. So yeah, they play Man City, um, and then they've got Burnley away, Palace away, Villa at home, Bournemouth away. And yeah, you have to think if you're a Norwich fan, that's you've got to be looking at six points out of those four, maybe. Yeah, I, I think that's it. I mean, we've got that difficult run, obviously, in December, January. I'd rather have it then than now. I think it's better to... I mean, obviously, touch wood, we get the points on the board before that mm. horrendous run comes up, whereas the likes of Watford and Norwich have got them now. And yeah, I think they, it's going to be difficult, I think. But I, I predict him to get on at the beginning of the season for the very same reasons, and I, I've not seen anything that changed. I know everyone got a bit carried away when they beat Norwich, uh, beat Newcastle, Newcastle. I say. Yeah. Um, and Pukki obviously is is on fire. Uh, you know, fair play to him. Mm. But well, it, since that, I don't think I think they got absolutely battered by West Ham, judging by the uh, uh, stats and everything. Yeah, I think they did. Um, well, let's let's because uh, I have a, a pooky narrative here, so let's jump to that one now. Um, classic segways coming in here. <laughs> it is. It's, uh, I think we're hitting a, a new high bar for segway usage. Um, Timu Pukki will finish as top scorer outside of players on Liverpool and Man City. 
What do you think? I've, I've sold sell on that one. I think it's nothing to do with him and more to do with Norwich. I think mm. the likes of Aubameyang, Vardy, Kane will all get more, more opportunities and therefore will get more more goals. Mm. Um, on the subject of you know teams who have players who are really important to them and stuff like that, I think it's really worrying for Norwich, not just defensively, but how much they seem to be relying on how important Pukki is. Obviously, they need him to stay fit all season, and you can't really rely on that. We saw it in a similar way, not to this degree, but with Rob Hull. So, we obviously had mm. four men off a cliff after he got injured. So, mm, Indeed. Um, yeah, so I was just looking at the yeah the list. Maybe outside, outside of top six, do you reckon you would buy? So that would probably mean yeah, you'd need I'm, to score. I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking of Haller at West Ham. He's obviously got a couple already. And... Yeah, well, and also you'd probably, it'd be one of probably Vardy and Tammy Abraham as well. Oh, of course, yeah. They're probably not going to finish top six. Yeah, and then there's so. even Rashford who will possibly get 10. No, I'll sell. I'll sell. I, I think it's nothing against Pukki as a player. I think mm. he's fantastic. But I think it's more to do with Norwich uh, as a team who probably won't create that many opportunities. Yeah. I just It was a weird... Slightly weird top scorer thing in the Premier League last season. Only, yeah, the the highest scorer was only twenty two goals. Um, mm. Yeah, oh, yeah, because there were three. Was there three of them or two there of them? Was, on... Yeah, Salah, yeah. Mane, and uh, Aubameyang. Um, yeah, I had a bet on Aguero, and he were on twenty one. I was furious. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Probably yeah. took the last game off as well. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I was kind of. Uh, I don't know. You've, you've talked me out of that one. I think. I think. Oh, so, were you going to go for buy? I think so. I was probably getting a bit over optimistic, but yeah. I mean, I, I think so. He's got five goals already. Um, is that right? Five goals. Yep. Uh, and you know, we've only played what ten percent of the season. So you've got thirty-two mm. games left. So call it 50, 15 goals in thirty-two games. You know, is that it's not beyond the realms I, I, of possibility? Just, is that going to be enough? Pop- Kane will possibly get 20 this season yeah. if he stays injury-free, and Aubameyang will not be far off that. Yeah, I'm surprised Kane only scored 17 last season, actually. Yeah. Um, I think he were injured, though, weren't he? had a bit of an injury. Uh, that's, actually, yeah, control. he carried an injury for quite a while, I think. Um, yeah. The other thing with Pukki is he is he is so far outperforming his expected goals, it's, it's mm. almost ridiculous. Um, five goals on 1.79 XG, and that is... Oh, there's no way to sort this, but um, yeah, that is. I'm pretty sure that's far and away the biggest overperformance. Um, yeah, I would have, yeah, I would have thought so. Where's this gone? Yeah, in terms of XG, he's not even in the what is this top ten? Top yeah, so he's like twelfth in the league for his actual XG. Um, but yeah, so he's outperformed it by three clear goals, which is yeah more than more than even Aguero. And yeah, so it's kind of like. I don't know, there's sort of two ways to look at that. One is he is a ridiculously good finisher um, who's just going to score goals, you know, from very difficult chances, which is kind of what Aguero does, as well as, mm. you know, being a tap-in master that he is because he's you know, one of the best strikers in the world. Or, um, you know, what we kind of wondered at the start of the season, is he yeah. just going to basically stop scoring goals from unlikely positions? And, yeah, I think you probably... Uh, what is he? Twenty nine, which I imagine he will go on a three or four game run without scoring, just purely because of the teams they're playing. And it'll be interesting to see how he bounces back from that. Mm. But yeah, the 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 low XG is again that would be slightly worrying. I think if you're a Norwich fan, just, mm. just you know not not creating the clear cut chances. I guess. But they've had a difficult start. In fairness to Norwich, I will say true. that for them, because West Ham, I think, will be. I think they could be challenging top six this year. Mm. Because it's wide open, isn't it? Really, this season. Uh, and then obviously they've had Liverpool and uh, Chelsea 
uh, or obviously you know, again, obviously Liverpool are probably going to be well, they will be top two, mm-hmm. and Chelsea will be top pushing for top six. So there's only Newcastle that they've really had that you would have expected them to get something from. Yeah, um, sticking with Liverpool. Uh, what about this one? Liverpool are here to stay at the top of the table again in the league. Definitely, at least for the next few years. I think the, the so, Liverpool Man City is just so far ahead of the rest. It's going to take a massive collapse from Liverpool Man City and a, a massive improvement from the ones below them. I just can't see that happening in the next two or three seasons. Mm. What, what about this season, though? Are they, are they going to finish at the top of the league? At the, as I, in, are they going to win the league? I, oh, sorry, the sorry, I thought you meant overall. Uh, I think City will win it. Sorry, so I'll sell. I'll, I'll change that. I'll sell. I think Man City will win the league. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a strong sell. Man, uh, so <laughs> Liverpool are obviously obviously top at the moment um, with a hundred percent record. But I mean, Man City, Man City are absolutely smashing these games. I mean, did, did, I don't suppose you watched the uh, the one game they drew against Spurs, did you? Yeah, I did. They absolutely had about four thousand <laughs> shots. Yeah, yeah it's an or like Yeah, yeah. I, I just. Um, you know, Liverpool are going to draw a game nil nil or one all, um, probably multiple games. They'll, they'll definitely finish second. Liverpool, in terms of like the drop off from them to everyone else, is, is huge. I think. Yeah. But Man City are an absolute machine. I, I don't. I just don't see how what can possibly disrupt them. I know we'll have. You know, you could say maybe they're going to focus on the Champions League a bit more, but I, I just think their squad depth and the way yeah. they play. You know, and you just got players like Sterling and. Bernardo Silva and Aguero, De Bruyne, you know, you've thrown him into the mix this year after missing most of yeah, the last I don't, I don't, You said you didn't watch the uh, Scotland-Belgian game, but De Bruyne um, scored one and got three assists, which is just incredible, really, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> which is not, actually not as good as Ronaldo last night, who scored four goals. So. <laughs> well, he's just greedy, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, think, I'm sorry, I think that's his eighth hat-trick in international football, Ronaldo's, which is... Because he don't play for one of the the very 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 top sides, so he has just an incredible record. Yeah, not off. but anyway, I'm digressing and just yeah. So <laughs> yeah, Man City, uh, I, I, I'm selling on Liverpool at the top of the league. They actually so understat do an expected points thing, which is like basically <laughs> they take the xG from each individual game, work out who should have won, and they actually have Liverpool third behind Man United. Weirdly, really, um, that is yeah, interesting. By, by you know they've got Man City uh, ten expected points, which is what they've got. Um, and Liverpool seven and seven point seven, so they are like, yeah, four and a half points ahead of where they probably should be in terms of like how they've actually played in some of these games. So, yeah, yeah I. Well, they... put it one way: when we play Liverpool, I think we're going to get battered. When we play Man City, I'm actually a little bit scared of what could happen. <laughs> I, yeah. I think that's the difference for me. I think Liverpool are obviously a fantastic side, but I think City, are, they can just destroy you. Yeah, they they are incredible to watch, man. So, well, Liverpool are great to watch as well. To be yeah, fair. yeah, I, I think they're both. You know, I'm not nothing against Liverpool here or anything like that, but I just think City are better. Mm, and it's a bit it's a bit unfortunate for Liverpool that they've finally got their act together after 30 years or whatever it's been since they won the league, and they're coming up against like possibly the best ever team in the Premiership. Mm, yeah, who you know look like they'll be the best ever for. The foreseeable future. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, can't going anywhere. It's hard to see how that one ends. Um, let's jump around. Well, let's do another United one, actually. Um, Ender Stevens is the one player we should be most worried about losing to injury or suspension. By, uh, as I said, I said earlier with Pookie about that's the you know the one important player they can't miss. I don't think Stevens is as important to us as that. Hmm. But in terms of our, our system and and who we've got as backup and 
how well he's playing. I think he, him and Norwood for me are the two players I don't think we have proper replacements for. Yeah, I, I would I would sell on the basis that oh. I think I think Norwood is more valuable to us in terms of like yeah, as you say, that is that could really hamstring us, uh, touching mm-hmm. wood here, if uh, if something happened to to Norwood. I think um, I'm really interested to see because obviously he even played in the League Cup game, didn't he? It'd be really interesting mm. if he does have to miss a game because obviously he does get a lot of bookings and stuff. He may miss a one through suspension if not through injury, just to see you know who he goes for in that sort of whatever it is role quarterback role whatever you want to call it um mm. I, i'm really really interested to see who he goes for or if we have to change the system if we you know if we, don't, if we don't have a player mm. that can do that i mean yeah i mean do, who do you think potentially would drop in there like, let's well, say it's a, say it's uh <clears throat> i don't know say it is a league cup game but it's like a quarter final or something like that yeah uh I think we could possibly see Lundstrom possibly drop back there with Fleck coming mm. back in and Freeman. Because I think, I mean, then again, Bessick played like a, a deep role, didn't he, for Middlesbrough last year, but I've always had him down as more of an attacking player. I've mm. seen a few people mention Raval Morrison playing that role. I don't know if he's got the, I've not seen him play, to be honest, other than in friendly. So mm. I'm not sure if he's got that sort of uh, discipline to play that that role personally. So I, I think he'd possibly play Lundstrom a little bit deeper. Yeah. And we've seen before that don't really work that well for Lundstrom. No, indeed. But yeah, I think that's that to me is the first kind of name that springs to mind as well. But it's, it's interesting just to return to Ender. I mean, you know, we kind of said at the top, you know, Lundstrom has been a, our outstanding player, our most consistent player, but I guess is also quite replaceable in a way. Like, yeah, you know, he's the, the one player we've got loads of backup for, I would have thought. Yeah, we, that, it wouldn't hit us. You know, we said, you know, possibly first name on the team sheet, but if, you know, if he suddenly got injured, I don't think that mm. would affect us too much, basically, because we've got, you know, four or five players you could probably chuck in there. Yeah, definitely, including even Basham, if, we're, you know, worst case scenario, yeah. you'd, you'd put him in there as well. So, But, um, but yeah, Stephen's very unique just a, a quite a unique player. I mean, my my initial narrative here was um, is the best left back uh, or left wing back in the in the Premier League, and I thought no, that's that's going a bit far. But he is uh, he's he's been outstanding. You know, some of those moments of skill. Uh, you know, created the goal um, against Chelsea. Just uh, yeah, apart from when he's gone up against a, a really elite right back in uh, in Pereira for Leicester, mm. he's excelled and. Yeah, we should definitely. You know. He got mixed reviews for Ireland. I mean, I, I didn't see the full ge- <coughs> the full game for Ireland, but I heard he had a poor first half. He did. Um, yeah, he was poor <gasps> in the first half against Russia. It uh, just like, I mean, you could just see the difference in playing club football and international football. You know, did he didn't have the outlet there when he got in? You know, got in trouble in possession, was being pressed. You know, it was like, what do I do with this? Do I give it to Richard Keogh? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, as opposed yeah. to you know, where's Norwood? Where's Fleck? Where's whoever? Where's um, I think O'Connell we play such a weird system in his way, a unique system that it must mm. be difficult for the international players, especially as a wing back, to go in there and play, you know, try and play his normal game in a completely different system. Yeah, um, and yeah, he was uh, he, he got a lot better in the second half, but mm-hmm. yeah, first, first half was a bit of a shocker. But yeah, he's uh, he's somebody as you say that will be would be hard to replace. I mean, I assume that's what uh, Ben Osborne will probably do that. Um, mm. I guess if uh, if we were missing Stevens for a bit, um, maybe Norrington Davis. You never know. <laughs> I'm going to say I don't, it's obviously not Osborne's preferred position as far as I can tell. Um, and I didn't go to the Blackburn game, but I don't think he had the best of times there. As a, I think he played a lot better when he went into midfield. But it could be another case of maybe even changing the system. I'm not sure. Mm, yeah, maybe. Um, 
Where should we go next? Uh, what about what about Leicester? Leicester are going to make the top four. What do you think? I've sold on that once. I think they'll be really, really close. But I actually quite like the look of Arsenal, despite the fact they don't bother defending. Mm. I think they going forward, I think they look good. I've really impressed with them against Spurs. I think they'll just sneak in in that fourth behind Tottenham, Liverpool and City. Hmm. Yeah, I know you I, went from earlier in the season, though, didn't you? So I went for top six, and I'm yeah. I'm very confident of that. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think I'd probably play the odds and sell on that one because yeah. I, I don't know. There's, I'm just not convinced by any team apart from the top two. I just like it's yeah. good. I mean, it's arguably a good season to be in the Premier League because you can't seem seemingly take points off everyone other than the top two. Hmm. It's not like. The last time we were in, where the top four were Chelsea, Man United, or good, good Man United, Chelsea, Arsenal sides as well. We're not talking yes. the ones that they've got at the moment. And you, you didn't really have. Well, obviously, we did beat Arsenal. Thinking about it, though, didn't we? So, oh yeah. But um, yeah, I, I think it's uh, those two are so far ahead, and I think the rest of a lot of them are in tran- transition periods and things. And yeah, yeah. So uh, as good, good a chance as any for the likes of Leicester and West Ham and Everton to get in there. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a, you know, it's just a case of uh, who can rise to the top, I suppose. Um, I mean, yeah, because Spurs are already, you know, they're already a couple of points back. Arsenal, I just, I'm really not convinced by Arsenal. I, I, one of my mates is an Arsenal fan, and uh, uh, I know he listens to the pod semi regularly, and he's always yeah. telling me like, why are you always abusing Arsenal? Like, why? <laughs> I somehow managed to like, I don't know why, but I somehow managed to bring them up every time. I'm not doing it deliberately, but I, I absolutely love watching them. I really do because the the they're so. It's kamikaze time a lot of the time, isn't it, with Arsenal? Yeah. They, they can destroy teams with what they got up front. And then the goals they conceded against Spurs, and like obviously one of them were a pen, but that, that were awful defending as well. It just mm. I love watching them, so I've got a bit of a soft spot from this season, to be honest. Well, they're not dull, I'll give you that. I mean, that North no. London derby, I mean, that was if there's a better game this season, then uh, yeah. then bring it on. That was that was outstanding entertainment. But, yeah, I, I could see it. I, I will say I will not be shocked if Leicester make the top four, um, and I'm, I'm super confident they're going to make the top six, I think. Yeah, I think they'll definitely make the top six. I think they were a great shout from you at the beginning of the season. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. what, what about this one? Uh, Crystal Palace are good and will finish in the top ten. So they're currently fourth in the league. You're mad doing it, yeah. They've lost one uh, I've game sold to on that uh, one. Sheffield United. Sold, go on. Yeah, that I'm going to say, yeah, I've sold on that, but that win again, what we had against them is looking better and better every week, isn't it? It really is. Uh, I think there's a hard thing in January will raise its head again, and I think that could be an issue. Um, mm. And I think their only really, really good performance was against Villa. I think Man United were a brilliant result, but just purely from looking at the stats and... I was away that weekend and it was one of the main games on uh, Soccer Saturday. It was a little bit of a smash and grab from what people were saying and from what I've read. Yeah. So I think they've only really dominated against Villa. But obviously, once you get that momentum, who knows? Mm. But I still think, I don't know, I still think they'll be bottom half at least. Yeah, I'll sell on this as well. I also think they'll be bottom half. I mean, yeah, we, as you say, I think I think they were very fortunate to win at Man United, although, you know... Most most of these kind of mid table teams are generally fortunate, although it continues their ridiculously good uh, away run, I suppose, mm. against particularly against um, supposed top. Yeah, I mean, teams. you have to say it can't be a fluke, really, if they're doing it, you know, game yeah. after game, season after season. So fair play to them. Exactly. They are a team that you you can see obviously picking up game where you you write them off or they'll lose that one, and mm. they'll come back with three points. Whereas teams such as us, maybe even oh, we've got a point at Chelsea and Norwich. Maybe not have that experience to do that. It'll be interesting actually to see how we go on away at the the Man United. Obviously, we've got a point at Chelsea, which is a great start. But the Man Uniteds and the Tottenham's and you know the the teams who are 
you expect him to be in the top six. Everton will be a good test actually the week after next. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm just this is insane. I'm just looking back. So Palace away from home in the Premier League in 2019. So going right back to the second of January here. Uh, so this is just away games. One lost at Liverpool. Uh, drew one one. Uh, what's the next one? Lost at Spurs, then one, 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 uh, and then it's one and one. I think this season. Oh, sorry, Absolutely one and lost this season. Format. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this they are ridiculously good away from home, and uh, we managed get, to I mean, as you like I said earlier, that that win against them is just looking better and better every week. Just from, I mean, I thought it was going to be a difficult game anyway with their away record, but we were really comfortable against them, weren't we? Yeah, no, we re- we absolutely were, um, and they do have some good players in uh, in Zahar in particular. Who, yeah, I am with you. I think that's that's the, a big thing. I think he probably will go in January somewhere. Mm. Someone's going to overpay for him, um, yeah. and yeah, I think uh, I think they will not finish in the top ten, and they certainly will not finish fourth in the league. Sorry, Crystal Palace. I just um, hope that, the, that gives us more confidence as well. Obviously, on the back of the Chelsea thing, looking how Palace have done other than the, the game against us and in particular they absolutely dominated Aston Villa I hope we mm. look at that and think you know what we're, we're doing really well this has been yeah. a really really good start yeah for sure uh, second lowest XG in the league at the moment as mm. well um, which yeah let's let's talk about the other team here um, everything's rosy at Newcastle now yes or Sell. Yeah, yeah. I think that um, they're only ever a a bad result away from an absolute meltdown, aren't they, at Newcastle? They are. I still think they'll be down there. I watched the Spurs game when I were away, and it was one of those games for me where you win one in ten playing like that. I think you know the other nine games you lose that game. Fair play to them; they stuck out and did defend well. Thought Tottenham were pretty poor, but the games that the you expect them to get wins from or points from uh, Norwich, Watford at home. That's possibly one where they could be picking up three points, and they've pretty much, you know, they failed, aren't they? In that, I still think they'll be down there. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I do as well. Um, I think I think it's a very good time to play Spurs. These, but well, it was those first three or four games because um, they just, I don't know, they just didn't seem to have a blooming clue what to do against a team that was defending all the time. And yeah, yeah, fortunately for them, Arsenal had absolutely zero intention of defending throughout the whole game. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But yeah, Newcastle. Um, Lowest XG in the league, um, which is less less than three. The only team with a uh, a lower XG than three get three goals through four games, which is pretty lame. Don't get, I um, don't think anyone's going to do an Huddersfield this year in the sense that no. I don't think anyone's going to be cut adrift or even a Fulham. I think Newcastle will pick up points. I think it'll, it'll be a difficult game when we play them, but I still think they'll be down there. Yeah, they, they play Liverpool away on Saturday lunchtime, wow. so... Yeah, tough one. Unless it's going to be return to the 1990s and a, a 4-3 dramatic performance, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't see that obviously, Bruce, for some reason. But... <laughs> uh, yeah, potentially not. Um, what else have I got here? Uh, I think we nearly done them all actually. Uh, what about? Okay, so yeah, w- at least two of the promoted teams will finish in the relegation zone. Sell. I think one will go down. I'm not going to say which one because I'm not entirely sure, but I think the other two will stay up. I really do. I think there's enough teams this season who could get dragged into it, and I think the I think the, the teams have come up with have got quality. I think it's mm. you know one three of the better sides to come up in recent years. Yeah, so we've obviously got two of the promoted teams in the relegation zone at the moment: <laughs> Villa and Norwich. I'm a bit torn on this one because I mm. think there are there are a few teams like 
like Burnley are doing better than I expected. Yeah. Um, Palace are definitely doing better than I expected. All right, it's only four games, and you know the difference between fourth in the league and the relegation zone is four points. But yeah, Watford, as I say, I think they'll pick up. So I, I am actually, I am going to buy this one. You're going to buy. I, I am. Take you in Norwich and Villa, and not Sheffield United. <laughs> I, I think I'd have to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's just. Yeah, I, I'm. I agree with what you say that um, I think the quality of the promoter teams it is a lot higher than it has been for well certainly a lot higher than it was last year yeah undoubtedly um, but equally I, I don't see that that Huddersfield you know the, the team in the second season who's uh, struggling or it's just just you know kind of um, a long term decline kind of thing you know yeah, Watford yeah. Watford have it may work out for them you know an early change of manager the the thing was they were poor at the end of last season as well you know this is a it's not like oh we've had a bad start to the season we have to sack our manager. It's like this has been a, a, a degradation of them if that's the right word. I think yeah. their performances have degraded over a long period yeah. of time under under Gracia. So you know maybe this is going to turn them around a little bit. I've so, actually been pretty disappointed with Villa on the whole from what I've seen of them. I thought they were mm. really poor against Palace. Uh, I, again, I've only seen the highlights, so I might be being ignorant here. But I thought they were look pretty poor against Palace. That were a poor result at home to Bournemouth. They beat Everton. But I thought Everton were absolutely woeful. Oh, they really uh, were. Yeah, in that on that day, and obviously they got beat by Spurs, which yeah, you, fair enough. But I think they're going to need to improve pretty quickly. To be fair, Bill, I don't think they're anywhere near the standard that I think they can get. So we, you obviously kind of fancied uh, Dean Smith to to get the boot first. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, Grassi has nicked that now. The yeah. next one of fixtures is, I don't know, it's not bad. Uh, West Ham at home on Monday night. Uh, that will be an interesting game to watch, actually. Yeah, yeah. Ars- they're going to have to be. I think their own form is going to be really important because obviously it's a full house every week now at Villa Park, and the, their atmosphere against Everton was fantastic, and I think that drove them drove mm. them through to victory in the end. But yeah, uh, whoever got after West Ham, Arsenal away, and then there's a nice little run here: uh, Burnley at home, Norwich away, Brighton at home. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's. I think we'll know more about Villa after that. Because um, then they play Man City and Liverpool, and in fact they play Man City, Liverpool, Wolves as their next three games after that. So yeah, so they need to get like at least six points from those three games. You'd have thought. You'd, you'd say so. I tell you what, the, the league table is going to be very interesting in about four weeks' time. I think <laughs> the next come the sort of next international break. Mm-hmm. Um, when is the next international break? Um, <laughs> it's usually is it November? Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, sometime around then. But yeah, yeah. Next, next three or four games, we're going to have a pretty clear picture. I think of how. Uh, how some of these teams are going to go, but yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's all we've got for um, Premier League narratives by ourselves. So we, yeah, we think well, we still think Norwich are, are going to struggle. We think Palace are not going to do that well, and we think John Lundstrom is the best player in the Premier League. Yeah, so we're not biased or anything, but you no, know, <laughs> not not remotely. Right, let's let's move it's on no, to. It is November. Sorry, the uh, internationals is fourteenth uh, of November is the okay. next uh, international break. So well, possibly by the end of this month, then we will have a mm-hmm. much clearer picture of. Uh, Who's who's up to what? Right. Um, let's talk Southampton. Uh, yeah. Football is back on Saturday, um, which is great. Two weeks since, uh, well, it'll be three weeks since our last home game, actually. Which is ridiculous. Is that right? Am I? Yeah, because it's. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. It's too yeah, long. Too. Much too long. It's because we haven't got these midweek games anymore, isn't it? I know. It's very disappointing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we obviously play Southampton. Uh, I have Matt from. Southampton Delivery podcast, so Delivery. See what I did there? It's quite clever. Yeah, good though. I like that. Um, I he's pop. coming up after this uh, to talk about the Saints. If we can get their perspective on it. Um, 
They've done all right, I think. Where, what's, have you been uh, gathering uh, uh, the Southampton views already? Yeah, they, yeah. They they seem to think the performances have been pretty iffy. I mean, the mm. only win that they've got this season was against um, ten men Brighton, mm. which they, I think on that game Brighton were on top until the sending off, and then Southampton obviously I think they won two and zero in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that they aren't overly happy judging by their forum of how they're playing, but they think they will pick up. Um, there's a, they've got a thread on there about who they think will go down. None of them think they'll go down. They all mm. think they're going to go down. So <laughs> nothing new there. Now, um, one of them, uh, on, on, one of the quotes I got is uh, Sheffield United are a limited side from what I've seen on Match of the Day, which I like. I like that. <laughs> uh, having momentum from last season is fine, but he'll only carry himself for our high press and non-stop effort won't suit them. I can see a comfortable win, maybe even three nil. So and that does sort of mirror everything that I've gathered so far. Obviously, it's early days uh, in terms of collecting the views. It gets more posts about it, you know, a couple of days before or whatever. But mm. they're, they're very confident they're, they're going to have too much quality for us. It's uh, so spoiler alert. I already had the conversation with uh, with the fellow from Southampton, and he one of the things he, he talked about um, is that Burnley really pushed them around and basically bypassed their their press and went very direct. All right, um, and they couldn't live with it. And it, all right, it's the first game of the season, so you know, you, to an extent, you take that with a pinch of salt, I suppose. But yeah, they uh, they were basically outmuscled, outworked, um, and yeah, by by you know, kind of hitting the ball into into channels and over the top. I think that bodes well for us because we can we've shown last season that we can play like that. Strong agree, and that is it's essentially what we did in the second half against Leicester. Um, yeah, you know, we we brought McBurney on and and did go more direct and. Uh, yeah, so that my, my my eyes sort of lit up a little bit when he was saying <laughs> that. Um, yeah, in terms of their performances, I mean, I think they've been all right. Uh, the understats expected points table has them fifth, so very mm, good. Uh, us, us in seventh, they are sixth for XG so far, middle of the pack for XG again. So you know, good attack, middling defense. Defense, sorry, I've listened defense. to too much NFL podcast this <laughs> week. <laughs> um, yeah, they got pushed around by Burnley, but uh, competed with Liverpool. You know, I think that was a uh, quite a tight game in the I end. I think they were to, to lose that one by by all accounts. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's um, their best performance so far this season, and it was obviously one of the lost as well. So, yeah, uh, drew with Man United, which uh, I really don't know what's going on with Man United at the minute. I know I said earlier there second in that expected points table but to be fair I think a lot of that possibly comes from that game I think Man United did have a lot of shots against Southampton because Southampton went down to 10 men mm. but I don't think the yeah I, I think it'd been harsh from what I saw um, about Southampton losing that game as well Southampton yeah. seems to have like about a 20 minute spell in that game where they bombarded Man United and Man United couldn't live with them then they scored the goal then got a man sent off and mm. they were all Man United after that yeah that makes sense um Nathan Redmond is almost certainly not going to play, I think, which is good news for us because he's yeah, very great. good. Um, che Adams probably will play, I think. Any was there any kind of? Uh, do you get any fan views on uh, on how he's doing? I don't think they're convinced by him at all, to be honest. I think that he's not really shown anything so far. Missed a couple of easy chances as well. I saw one against mm. Man United, uh, yeah, Man United that he missed, which which he really should have scored. I don't think they're that sold on him, and I think their strike force of Ings, Long, and Adams, which is the main three. It doesn't strike fear into me. They're going to get all score now, said this, aren't they? But it doesn't strike fear into me in the way that any other side that we've played so far has. You know, you look at Tammy Abraham and uh, mm. Wilfred Zahar uh, and Callum Wilson. I don't think those three are anywhere near on a level as those, the, the, the other sides that we've played. Yeah, Adams is, uh, yeah, zero goals so far. 
Um, he has an XG just over two, so yeah, he's, he's getting he's getting into the positions. Um, we know what's going to happen, don't we? We know he's going to score. So. <laughs> has he has he scored? So, I mean, look, it's, it's, there's no way we can not jinx this. I don't think he's scored against us yet, has he? No, he hasn't. He played well. I thought he played well against us in the away game at Birmingham yeah. at the end of last season. Yeah, he was. Yeah, excellent. Anderson pulled a really good save off from him, but yeah, yeah every time other than that, that's the first time I've actually seen him play well against us as well. Yeah, I like him. I think he's very good. Um, I think there's also this. There's a bit of uh, semi animosity towards him from United fans. Like, did he? I think he when he moved on um, to Birmingham. I think he did tweet something like he tweeted about them being a bigger club, which everyone loses the you know. <laughs> yeah, which is kind. Of, I mean, at that point, you know, we were what, what, what we just finished like. 11th in League One, I mean... We must have, yeah, yeah, we're under Atkins, obviously. Uh, yeah. we're just, Wilder had just taken over, yeah. Yeah, um, but since then, uh, which I think some people have kind of willingly overlooked, uh, he's been very complimentary towards us. Um, I saw him congratulate us on our promotion and things like that. And I think he's got a reputation for having a bad attitude, and I don't know if that's true or false. I think, for some reason, there's, there's a lot of people who said he sulked and... I, I don't know if that's true or not. I think he would. He scored with twelve goals for us in an absolutely appalling mm. Atkins team. So and he was only know. what eighteen at the time. Yeah, like that, exactly. So. Yeah, and I don't think Clough used him as much as he probably should have when he was there as well. He, he obviously had that potential to go higher. Yeah, uh, but we'll see. I think it's a big season for him. This is probably going to be the season where we see if he's a Premier League player or a top Championship player. Mm, indeed. Yeah, I'm interested to see that. The other one, uh, this fella. I'm not sure how to pronounce his first name. Safian Bufal. Yeah, it's his surname. Uh, he has played. He's just played 94 minutes so far, but he has the eighth highest expected assists out of all players in the league. So wow, it's like pretty big impact off the bench. So I, I think he's. Um, I think he plays wide left. He's certainly a, a not winger's probably a bit of a stretch, but you know, someone who like a wide forward type player. Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't know if he's like just going to drop in for Redmond or something like that, if he is going to start or whether he's just come off the bench. But yeah, They've one to watch out for. I'm just for. trying to look now what the dancer who got sent off That's right. uh, against the. Uh, so it's obviously he'll be missing as well. So yeah, they, mm. they have got a few problems and they, they admit that themselves, like on the forum, that they're not up to speed quite just yet. They think they're going to mm. get better, but they're not actually up, you know, they're, they're not up to full strength just yet. Yeah, and I guess the big question is uh, are we going to play a full 90 minutes? Um, in terms of you know, if go we for it. take, I mean, the international break thing. Uh, I don't know if you remember the last international break. Uh, we lost to Bristol City, and while mm-hmm. they were really critical of the players who played in the international break, said they should probably shouldn't have picked them, and they looked leggy. And I wonder if that suggests they'll do without them this time. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, about, I think I, I think on the bench, can. obviously, at least. But I, I'm hoping that at least McGoldrick and Robinson came back early enough if they both fit enough to play to um, yeah. to be starting. McBurney had a thought of being back today. It's yeah, and Egan obviously played a full ninety, I think, yesterday. That's right. Yeah, we might have um, we might have sort of looked out a little bit because nobody apart from Stevens has played in both games. I think Bessic mm-hmm. might have played. Uh, I actually didn't follow that. He might have played both games. For, he played. Uh, he, only, he only played the one. I tried to get some views for him, but I can't speak Bosnian. So let's <laughs> see. <laughs> well, if, if he ends up signing permanently, you're gonna have to. You know, I know. Yeah, extra I work know. in there. I'm, I'm afraid. Have to get onto that. I'd like, like yeah, to but we might we might have looked out in terms of yeah. I mean, I know um, uh, McGoldrick and Robinson. It was you know they, they returned early ostensibly because they were injured, but. I don't think they were new injuries, were they? I think McGoldrick I think, had been... Yeah, McGoldrick in particular wasn't. I'd be wary about Robinson if it is a hamstring because he's, you know, you, you don't want to mess around with those. If he's not fully fit, mm. then... Well, we, we had like this him. with um, 
was it the Palace game? I think it was. So he came off early. Um, yeah. And he sort of looked injured, but he was like, no, it's just fatigue. And I think so that's we... the full first night he's played in it against Chelsea. I think that's the first night he's played this season. I could be wrong. Yeah, you, no, you're right, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's pretty sure he came off against uh, Leicester as well. Um, yeah. Did he play? Mm, I can't remember if he played the full night against Bournemouth. Anyway. But anyway, yeah, so I don't, I don't, you know, when I saw the, that kind of injury news, I didn't, uh, it wasn't like a major alarm bell or anything like that. Yeah. But... That said, I wouldn't be that surprised if we played Billy Sharp. I don't know if this is the sort of game, especially if you say we're going a little bit more direct, if he could play up front with McBurney maybe, getting flick mm. on. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I, with Just purely because of the internationals and what Wilder said last time, I put two and two together and probably getting five. But yeah, I wonder if we could see a, a sharp return to the team this weekend. Yeah, potentially. Against his, <laughs> uh, his only other Premier League club, I think. I yeah, that's right. Yeah, he got to, uh, there's another one actually on the uh, view from where oh, he always scores against us. He scores <laughs> against everyone. So. <laughs> I, he, uh, you should just start copying and pasting that into everyone. I know, yeah. Save yourself the trouble. I should have, actually have a look if there is any teams around who he's played against who he's not scored against. He even scored against us, didn't he? So. Yeah, there, there is unfortunately one team he has never scored against for... Oh, no, wait. He's never scored against for Sheffield United. Maybe he scored against Wednesday for... Other teams. He did. He scored against them for Doncaster. Um, I, the reason I know this is because I asked a Wednesday fan the same question a couple of weeks ago. Scored against us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he scored against them with Doncaster, apparently at Hillsborough as well. So, uh, good man. Always like Billy Sharp. It's just uh, <laughs> it's just gone up even more in my estimation. Um, I'm looking forward to this. I feel uh, with with all due respect to Southampton, who are a very established Premier League team. Uh, who have some very good players, who I think have a very good manager as well, and I don't think they're going to get relegated at all. Um, I think this is a game we can win, uh, and I hope yeah, we, we I, I hope I think... we approach it that way. I hope we, you know, you know, don't don't give them too much respect. We we go out there believing we can beat them because there's absolutely no reason to suggest that we can't on on four games so far. I think so. Yeah, bring it on. I think the, the only worries for me are the fact that we've not played well in two halves. And the international mm-hmm. break, it's it's far. I mean, with all due respect to Southampton, it's not really th- it, the, the t- their team that I'm scared of. It's us. We have to be on full form, obviously, to get uh, you know top performance to get um, to get three points in any game this season, or we'll yeah. get punished. And obviously, we have always looked laggy after these international breaks, and I just thought we can stop that curse at the right time in the Premier yeah. League. The, the, that has to stop because it is. It's not a. It's not a superstition jinx thing. Like, no, it's not. That no. That's happening. That's you have to say that is a conditioning, and I don't know, just just not being not being at it after an international break. And it's not like, yeah, you know, it's very different to the oh, we can't win when we're on Sky, like kind of. Yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like there's an actual. You have to say this is a proper trend, and it wasn't just last season as well. It was the previous season. So we start seasons poorly as well. So is there something about that break that doesn't sit right with us? I think. Yeah, I mean the other thing is, you know, it's not like uh, it's not like our team was flush with internationals last season, was it? You know, it's not no, like no, no, no. It's not like we lost to Bristol City because our half our team was playing international football. It was interesting like, though in that game. I, I did have a look back at it before the pod, and the we took McGoldrick off, who were on international duty. We took Dowell off, who'd been on international duty, and we mm. t- the one off the top of my head. I've lost my train of thought now, but he did take them all off and then he did come out in the press after and say that they look leggy and maybe he shouldn't have played them this is the only thing that I'm maybe wondering whether he'll mix it up a little bit yeah might be Norwood at that point actually that's right yeah yeah that is correct yeah yeah don't have to worry about that this season fortunately. No, no, so, I'm glad, I'm glad yeah. about that yeah. time to uh, time to put that one to bed 
for sure. I mean, they've got Angus Gunn as well, I'm sure, get a good reception, Southampton. Oh, flipping out. Is he, have they signed him, or is, he's not still on loan, is he? I don't know, actually. I know I know he's been their number one choice this season. Uh, me. Pretty sure they signed him. Yeah, signed a five-year deal. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Last year, yeah. Yeah, I I'm not... Not 100% on him as a goalkeeper. Certainly no, not as a, no. Certainly not as a... The one that stands out is Ward-Prowse, isn't it, I think, out of the, other than yeah. Redmond. I think he's mm. the one that you you look at and you've seen him do good stuff before. We were in the England squad as well, weren't he, last, last season, I think it was. Yeah, I feel like he's stagnated a little bit, but yeah. he's, he's still... They're, they're yeah. the same as that as well. Yeah, they, they are right. the same, the Southampton fans. But he's still a good player, though. Yeah, um, exactly. He can hurt you, obviously, yeah. Yes, indeed. All right, but yeah, cool. I'm feeling I'm feeling good about it. I'm definitely ready for um, proper football back yeah. again, especially after um, not getting to Stamford Bridge. Uh, so I, I, I guess a, a thanks to everybody who's published videos and stuff from that. Cause, uh, yeah, it looked brilliant. I was just a bit disappointed that I weren't there when I, was, when I saw all the celebrations and things. But yeah, fantastic. Some brilliant vlogs flying around at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, this it was my brother's turn to... Bang his head on the ceiling of the pub this, <laughs> this time. Uh, I, I cleverly positioned myself in a in a different spot. So I'm, yeah. all, I'm, I'm all clearly much smaller than you because I've never had that injury. So um, yeah, that's it's, one of the benefits of being quite small. It's quite quite a low roof, <laughs> a low ceiling rather. I'm not. We're not like eight foot tall or anything like that. But yeah, now looking forward to it. Um, all right. Any, anything else you want to mention or? No, I think all, that's all it. Good. I'm just delighted to be getting back to Bramall Lane on Saturday, really, and getting back to proper football. Yeah, definitely the same. Uh, so people obviously follow you on Twitter, at Panchero. Uh, Roy's view from .com. That's right. Um, when, are you, when are you planning on publishing the uh, the, the pre-match view from Southampton? It'll be Friday morning. Um, I'll be publishing right. that. Uh, I like to get as many comments as possible and, you know, wade through the, the nonsense. Southampton fans are obviously not as hard as doing it as Chelsea fans, where you... Hmm. you it's just a lot of people who don't even know who Sheffield United are and never heard of them and things. So. <laughs> but. Indeed. All right. Well, let's look forward to that one then. Um, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll catch up again next week. Hopefully some more points on the board for the Blades. Yep. Nice one. Cheers, Andrew. I'll speak to you later. Cheers. Thank you very much. All right. I'm joined now by Matt Markstone of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Matt, I think you are the longest distance guest that I've had on this podcast. You're coming all the way from California. Thank you very much for giving up some time to talk. Oh, no, it's it's my pleasure, Ben. Thanks for having me having me on. And uh, yeah, I am far away, but you know, you're not that much further than uh, Southampton. So I guess it's all right. <laughs> That is a good point. Um, yeah, you are, of course, a Saints fan, podcaster of, uh, of a Southampton podcast. Um, how how would you say the the Saints season has kind of started uh, so far? I suppose what, what's your what's your view from across the pond of how the season's got got started? Well, I'd like to be super positive, but I think that brings uh, into 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 mind just what Ralph Hasenhutl has done and kind of the vibe that he's given around the club. But if you if you just go and focus on what's happened on the pitch so far, uh, it's been kind of we've looked good in in periods. We've looked uh, decent uh, for a period against Liverpool, like twenty or thirty minutes. Uh, we didn't look great against a ten man Brighton team, um, and and I, I would say that. We haven't really gotten going yet. I don't think. I don't think everything has clicked quite yet. And and then with some of the, uh, you know, the injuries to to guys like Nathan Redmond, I think it's. Uh, I, I think we're still going to struggle a little bit to kind of really 
uh, work the 4-2-2-2 system that uh, Ralph Osnoodle wants to use. But uh, overall, I would say that, um, you know, given the window and, and getting the guys out of, this, out of the, the club and kind of paring the squad down, I think it's all going in the right direction. I just, I just don't think we've quite gotten there yet. Yeah, I have to say, I think Southampton are one of the very few teams I haven't seen any football of this season. I think every time you've been on TV, um, I've been uh, either at a game already or sort of on my way to a game. So, yeah, flown under the radar a little bit, but a good um, a good fight back against Man United in the last game. Anyway, that presumably um, presumably that's your sort of uh, highlight of the season so far. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think you take the point and you you move on and be happy with it. And um, yeah, I think that, that I think that that kind of shows what what we can do in terms of um, just. I think that performance, even I wouldn't say it was a hundred percent great, but I think that's that's kind of what we need to show if we're going to be at all successful. And I think you also have to take advantage of some of the teams that we're going to come up against that you know you we would theoretically should be beating. Um, but I do definitely think there is a. Uh, if you look at what Burnley did against us the first the first match of the season, they just chose to bypass our press completely, um, go over the top, and we couldn't seem to deal with that. And that is that is worrying. Um, but we will we will see how that goes going forward and see if we figure out a, a kind of a plan B uh, if teams decide to kind of play over the top of our press instead of um, and, and instead of allowing us to to you know to, to work to our strength essentially, which is is what Liverpool did to an, to an extent, but they were, of course, just, just very good. So mm. they, they were able to play, play out of it. Yeah, that's interesting. You've, uh, you've hit a point I was going to ask you on, actually. What is a kind of an area of weakness, I guess, that, um, that you feel like uh, Sheffield United should kind of attack? And yeah, that's, that's interesting to hear because I, um, I think a couple of times this season we, we have kind of switched things up and gone a bit more direct, you know, particularly... Uh, particularly when we've had Ollie McBurney on the pitch, who I think will probably start this weekend as well. So, yeah, would, would you? Is that basically what Burnley did? Then they just sort of um, basically just hit it into the channels and you know tried to try to get behind the defence quickly and you know not run the risk of uh, losing the ball in their own defence. Is that is that how that game went? Yeah, yeah, they they went long with it uh, and and they they outmuscled us. We. We have, I mean, Yannick Vestergaard is a, is a giant man. Uh, Bednarak is 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 thin, but uh, you know, you would you would think as a as an international quality center back, and you know, maybe he would have a, a bit more uh, a steel to him. But uh, in that game, we just got um, we got pushed around. They outmuscled uh, Bednarak. Uh, they ran past Vestergaard, and they used the the kind of two fours up top to play off of one another, mm-hmm. and it worked it worked perfectly for them. Um, we are best when teams want to play uh, out from the back. When teams, when we can attack, and then if we lose the ball, we can then, in, in the transition period when the other team is trying to go forward, if we can then win the ball back in that kind of chaos that happens, mm. that's when we're best. And they just never gave us the chance to do it. They uh, win the ball, you know, give it back to the goalkeeper, the center back, and send it long. And then we just really struggled to to deal with that. And it's. It's surprising because you would think that as you know, we had three center backs on the on the pitch at the same time at, at that time, and you would think we'd be able to, uh, or better equipped uh, as Premier League quality center backs to be able to you know head the ball away or give it back to our midfield. But mm. uh, oftentimes our midfield there was too much space there uh, in between to for us to when we were knocking the ball down, even if we were winning the headers, um, we didn't have anybody there to c- kind of collect the ball, and that was a, that was that proved to be an issue for us. 
And you were up against Ashley Barnes, the uh, the hottest striker yes. in world football at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and uh, South Southampton fans dislike him because he always scores against us. So um, yeah, it, it 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 was as we could have scripted it, I guess. It was as bad as that. Uh, what was uh, what was kind of your expectations for Southampton uh, heading into the season? And uh, I guess are they? Are they is what you've seen is is it still in line with those expectations or are you kind of teetering one way or another at the moment? Um, I would say that a lot of fans, you know, were saying like eleventh or so, and I think I eventually said twelfth. I settled on twelfth, but I, I would take anywhere between you know twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth. Um, I I really like to be out of a relegation battle this season if we could, just because we've been in one for so many seasons now. Um, but I really think it's the the style of football. If you look back at uh, what Southampton fans are, are like and, and are used to for the most part, uh, you think back to the, the high press under Pochettino and the counterattacking under Ronald Koeman. And then we've kind of gone through a, a steady stream of managers who want to play kind of uh, possession-based, kind of controlled football, and, and, it, and, and fans don't like it. So if we just play kind of this, this pressing style where even if we do get undone and, and beat, you know, 3-2 or we get beat, even 3-1 or 4-1 every once in a while, is I think as long as we're showing the quality going forward and we're showing the effort and all that stuff, I think everybody will be will be happy with that, and I'd be happy with that because uh, there's nothing worse than getting up at 4.30 a.m. to watch your team just kind of uh, have 65% possession but all of it around the halfway line. Like, no, I don't want it. It's not that fun. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is serious dedication. Um, yeah, I mean, particularly under, under Mark Hughes, I mean... Yeah, as, as a neutral, that was I could just see that was like pretty yeah. pretty dull football to watch. To be honest, um, what what would you say uh, Hassan Hootel has um, has kind of done to change that to you know get you to well where you were at the end of last season, which was very impressive, and you know to an extent that's carried on this season as well. So yeah, what what would you say is he's kind of kind of done to change the I guess not only the style but the mood around the place as well. Yeah, I, I think that just from the first press conference when he, he came in, he didn't look jaded and tired. You know, I think if you watched a lot of Hughes' press conferences, it was uh, there was always somebody to blame. Uh, it was never his fault. Um, a lot of the players uh, seemed to kind of adopt that. And, and Hassan Hoodle came in and said kind of like, this is what we're going with. And, and he, you saw him right away, uh, guys that were kind of, you know, not giving 100%, they were gone. They were sent out on loan immediately. Um, he took a huge chance by by starting Jan Valery and sending Cedric out to on loan to enter Inter Milan, and that that decision I think shows kind of how far he's willing to go and how much youth he's willing to trust. Mm. Um, and it really shows that you know the the style of football that he wants to play is going to it's going to be more dynamic. He's going to require a lot of his players in terms of the pressing and the running, and um, and I think that him doing that and believing that Jan Valerie could do it and, and believing in it so much that he was going to send, you know, a, a, a Euro winning uh, right back out on loan and just say, go, go be elsewhere. And mm. I think that shows kind of what, what he was willing to do. Um, addition, in addition to that, he changed the captaincy around. Uh, Hoiberg had been, had captained before, but not a lot. And it was mostly Ryan Bertrand and he took that away from him. Mm. And I think that's been a huge change because I think Hoiberg is, um, even if he doesn't have the cleanest strike or anything else, like I don't even know exactly what he's good at other than leading the team, and he seems to do a really good job of that. So um, for him to, to be out there and, and have 
uh, kind of be the face of the team and, and uh, the effort that he puts in. I think that is really what, what Hassan Hudel is all about. Um, so I think the mood has changed. And I also think um, the, the movement towards a 4-2-2-2 or a slightly different system for Saints, I think has been great. It just hasn't quite, uh, it seems like every time we've played that system, we haven't quite looked up to speed yet. Like we're still missing um, like one like one player, it, it feels like. Uh, whether it's just the performance on the day or the, we just don't have that player in the squad. Um, but I think that we are getting closer and closer to having uh, the, the, the type of performance that he wants out of us. And, and it's, it's been a, a fun process to watch because you can see the team kind of transform from this kind of slow possession-based thing to something that we were just worried about, not, not conceding goals constantly, not conceding late goals, and now we're actually kind of pushing forward and uh, really trying to, to uh, I guess, insert ourselves and, 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 and I force our, I guess, our style of play on a team. And we haven't done it to, the, to that extent this year, but over preseason we were pretty good at it. And, and late last season, I think, there were, there were times when we did it. So mm. I think it's, it's all coming. We're just not there yet. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I am a big fan of Nathan Redmond. I think he's a, an excellent player. Um, I'm annoyed that he's not been in the England squad for the last couple of years, to be honest, because I, I think he should be. He is injured for a, a few weeks, I believe, um, so almost certainly won't be playing against us on Saturday, which is uh, bad from your perspective and a neutral's perspective, but probably good for a Sheffield United perspective. Um, in his absence... Who, who would you say is the kind of key player, uh, the key sort of danger man for Southampton on Saturday? I assume it will be Sofiane Buffal will start in his place. Um, and that's been uh, one, one of the questions that's plagued Southampton for several seasons is, is where does James Ward-Prowse go? Mm. Um, when we played a 5-3-2, he could play in the midfield. But when we play this 4-2-2-2 system, um, he's on the right-hand side. If you watch that game against Man United, uh, him... Uh, he, he had a he, he had a really hard time on the right hand side, um, mm. and he doesn't have the pace uh, to to keep up with some of these wingers. And and going forward, that that also hurts us because he's not going to get in behind. Um, he is absolutely superb from a dead ball, but um, to to keep him on the field simply for that, uh, I don't think it quite works. Um, <laughs> last season, he came on leaps and bounds, and I thought he was really going to 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 make a spot his own. But this this switch to the 4222 system doesn't quite um, fit him there. So if if Ward Prowse comes in and stays on the right, which I imagine he will, I think Buffal, you'll see a lot of our attack come down the left-hand side. Um, somebody who hasn't gotten on the score sheet for us yet this season uh, but needs to is is Che Adams. And I think if he starts to uh, get firing, if he gets in early and gets an early chance, I would say that that, that would be the guy you could worry about. Um, Danny Ings will be around, but he probably won't play the entire game. He, he rarely does. So... Hmm. Um, I would say that you have Buffal to start, and that will be kind of where a lot of the chances will come from. And then late on, I would expect uh, Janepo, Musa Janepo, uh, another new signing to come on. And he's just electric pace. He can dribble. Um, he's going to run at people, and, and he had a superb strike uh, not, not, that, not that long ago. So hopefully we see a little bit more of that from him. But I would say those are the, the, I guess those are the players I would worry about uh, really causing you any issue. Nice. Yeah, I was going to ask about Adams actually. Um, how he's how he's getting on? Because obviously uh, he used to play for Sheffield United. Um, go how long ago? Five or six years ago. Uh, so kind of kind of followed his uh, his development, I guess, in in the lower leagues. Um, he was brilliant for Birmingham last season. I, he's actually a player I, I kind of hope that we would try and sign um, this summer, but 
Uh, I don't think we're ever uh, realistically in for him. So yeah, how's he how's he getting on so far? I know he's not scored, but yeah, what's his uh, what's his performance been like up to this point? I, I think everybody has been mostly happy with. Him. I think I think we just have to remember to be patient with him. Uh, mm. He didn't get off to a, a, a super start last year uh, in the championship, but once he kind of got going, he really got going. And so I think we just have to remember that. Mm. Uh, it took him some time to settle in with his strike partner uh, before, and, and he's. He's trying to work with Danny Ings, and he's been played on the right a couple of times, hmm. um, and and so I think that that might be might be part of it. But um, some people were calling for him to potentially be dropped or, or just kind of left out of the starting lineup for uh, recently. I think it's just been like kind of the last that was a question on the last episode of the show um, at following Man United. But um, personally, I think he's been okay. I think he's just a young kid trying to to find a couple of chances and maybe pressing a little bit uh, hmm. to snatching at a, an opportunity and so i think if he relaxes a little bit and he's he's been around all week to you know uh, through the international break he didn't go anywhere so he's been training and most of the squad has been around so i think i think he'll be kind of more comfortable and, and more settled now that he's got kind of the first four games out uh, uh under his belt and i think i i think he i think he'll be fine i just think it's going to take him a little while and, and really i mean we haven't scored that many goals so the fact that he doesn't have one doesn't really surprise me because it's something that uh, we have struggled with um you know, in, in recent seasons, uh, you take the Liverpool game out of it, where I think we our xG was actually higher than theirs. Um, I, I think that I think that's just I think we'll be, I think it'll be fine. I just think we we haven't created the opportunities for him yet, and uh, hopefully he starts putting them away. And maybe if he gets lucky on one, uh, scuffs a shot in or something like that, that's all it takes for him to get going. Yeah, no, he's, he's a good player. I think he'll um, it'll be a good signing for you, particularly the. The amount that Southampton spent on him, it was, you know, for a, a young English striker, it was not very much money at all, to be honest. So, yeah, right. uh, just uh, just curious as a, as an ex-Blade, I guess, how he was getting on. Um, do you want to just finish up by giving me uh, giving me a quick prediction uh, ahead of this game, uh, your trip to Bramall Lane on Saturday? Well, uh, I always, I hesitate to ever predict us losing. Um, <laughs> and my typical prediction is 2-1. And... But I don't know how we're going to cope with your system. I, I am interested to see how we kind of deal with, with the overlapping center backs. It still uh, blows my mind every time I hear people talk about it. And it's, it's, you know, you're starting to see some people write about it in the, the national um, media and talk about it. So I think it's, it's, it's interesting because it's, it's something I hadn't seen before until we, we spoke earlier uh, during the summer. But um, all that to say, I think I have to go 1-1. Um, I think that'll be it just because I don't think we're going to keep a clean sheet uh, and I don't want to predict us losing. So, so one, one it is. <laughs> you're a true fan for sure. Yes. Yeah, uh, one thing that interests me is um, we've started every game quite slowly so far. Um, almost inexplicably. So, I mean, at Chelsea, we were awful for the first half and then second half, we just absolutely, you know, ran rings around them for 45 minutes and a draw was kind of the least we deserved really. So I'm, I'm curious to see how we look if we can play like that for a full 90 minutes and, and not basically take the first half off. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It should be, you know, it's I'm not a huge fan of international breaks. You know, we've, we've been two, two weeks without a game. So uh, good to get uh, back into back into real football, I think, is uh, is what I'm looking forward to for sure. Um, Matt, if, uh, if people want to check you out on Twitter uh, and indeed listen to your podcast, where should they do so? Uh, so the easiest thing is, is on Twitter, it's at SFC, D-E-L-L underscore I-V-E-R-Y. 
Uh, and the podcast is SouthamptonDelivery.com. Um, two L's in delivery, just like the old Dell. Uh, and that's where it is. And, and from there, there's links to iTunes and all the other places you can listen. Um, and so, yeah, they, they can do that and check that out. And um, I, Ben, I just I appreciate you you having me back on and, and, and chatting with me again. And I, 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 I wish you the best um, <laughs> yeah, as much as I can say that ahead of Saturday. <laughs> That's very generous of you, and uh, yeah, thank you very much for uh, for taking time out of your your busy day, your morning to uh, to talk to me, to talk to us, I suppose. And uh, yeah, all the best to Southampton for the rest of the season. Appreciate it.